Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, food bloggers. Do you ever get caught up in the confusion about how in the world you are going to make money? Take the free quiz I've put together for you that is going to help you get to the bottom of this problem. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash quiz to find out which stream of revenue is the next perfect one for you. Your results will be personalized based on your answers, and they will provide you with action steps and resources that will help you launch into monetizing your blogging business in a new way. There are truly so many ways to make money as a food blogger, so don't waste another second. Again, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash quiz and get started on your next revenue stream today. Hey guys, just reminding you to head over to iTunes if you haven't already to subscribe, rate, and review Eat Blog Talk. It adds value to this podcast when you do that, and I would be so grateful for your time. It will take two minutes, press pause, go do it, and come back and keep listening. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have with me today Emily Perrin from emilyperrin.com. This is her third time being on eBlog Talks. So happy to have her here again. And we're going to talk today about tapping into your zone of genius in order to avoid burnout. Emily helps bloggers and online entrepreneurs expand and improve their teams with talented freelancers. Her number one goal is to align the right person with the right role so business owners and freelancers alike feel empowered to work within their individual skill sets and strengths. Her expertise lies in hiring and managing in your zone of genius. Emily, thank you so much for joining me three times on eBlog Talk. So happy to have another chat with you today. Hi, Megan. I'm so excited to be with you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, this will be fun. So the zone of genius, this concept is something that you've adopted and kind of implemented into your own business and you help other people who run businesses themselves to kind of find out really what it means and how we can um, implement this strategy in order to avoid burnout and really maximize our productivity and our efficiency and all of the good things, right? And I know that you just feel really passionately about this topic, which I love. It's always fun to talk to people who are super passionate about what they're talking about. So I am excited to talk to you about this today, and I know that it's going to benefit food bloggers as well. So would you start just by talking through what the four zones are? Yeah, of course. So Zone of Genius isn't something I made up. Um, It comes from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And in that book, he has a couple pages, that's it, on the four zones of work. And it's this model or framework of like how we can think about our work. And I became obsessed with it because he doesn't give a lot of information. And so that's why I really 
got so super curious about it and became more passionate over time as I've been understanding it. So I like to think about the zones, the, the, these zones, these four zones as a pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid, so the widest part is incompetence. So this is everything you're not good at doing. And it can be really easy to figure out what you're not good at. Like for me, like anything website technical, like I, I just don't know how to do that stuff. Okay, then the second level up from incompetence is competence. This is everything you can do. And I know for a lot of food bloggers in particular and entrepreneurs in general, we can do a lot of things. And that's part of, that's part of the problem with competence is that there, there is so much we can do. And so this can be a hard area to get help, to get support in, in our business because we just think I can do that. And so then we do. It's so true. Like you've helped me talk through this very issue. <laughs> there are things in my business and I feel like I have a very multifaceted business. I have a lot going on, a lot of different moving parts. And you kind of helped me talk through like just because you can do something, Megan, doesn't necessarily mean that you should be doing it. So what do you not like to do? Um, and yeah, I think it's really clear like what are what falls into those categories of incompetence and competence. But when it comes to excellence and genius, I feel like it's really hard to distinguish what is actually a genius task. So how do we do that? How do we distinguish between those top two things? Yeah, yeah. Let's dig into that a little more. So with excellence, that's the third layer level of the pyramid. And with excellence, this is everything you are really good at. You are better than most. And yet you find it draining. You don't get excited to do these things. There's usually also like a sign of excellence is that you should do it. Like, I'm so good at that. I should do it. So that's where like between competence and excellence, sometimes it can be a little murky too. And that's, that's one of the areas that I look at. And then that's also with genius and excellence. Like if it's, if it's draining, it's not genius because genius, when you are at the top of the pyramid, you are coming alive. You, you just, you feel amazing. You're lit up, you're alive, you're energized. Like you love doing the work. Like, yes, you might be tired at the end of the day, just from putting the work in, but it's not that same kind of like drain, depleted burnout, um, way of being from, from the work. I love the, what you just said. If it's draining, it's not genius. So it's so simple. And if we move through our days and we're just kind of evaluating our tasks that we do day to day, that is the greatest way to apply this whole concept to our tasks. If we're drained by it, then we're not in that genius zone. It's like yes or no, because either it's draining you or it's not, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, I, you mentioned like tracking tasks. I think that's the best way to figure out what goes in each of these zones. And then through that, it becomes so much easier to outsource because you know where it's lying for you and you're more aware. And awareness really is that first step with all of this. Like without the awareness, really nothing can change. So do you recommend if somebody's listening and thinking, oh, I want to figure out what tasks lie in each of those four categories, do you recommend that they just start writing down absolutely everything that they do throughout the course of a week? Or where do they start with that? 
Yeah, I would, I would give it a week. I think, yeah, that's what I, that's what I have done. That's what I've seen recommended by, you know, other experts as well. When you're trying to figure out what, what you want to keep and what you want to, excuse me, outsource. And yeah, I think just a basic time tracker do, I mean, even just like 15 minutes, do it for a week, every 15 minutes or so, just noticing what you're doing. And I think we can do this in our homes as well. This is not just business. I've been applying it in my home as well, noticing which like activities I like in my personal life and which ones I don't, which ones I can get help with. I think it goes both ways because sometimes it might be, that might be the side of your life that you need more support with. It might be more of the personal side so that you can give more, more to your business. Mm, I like that you touched on that, that it doesn't all have to be about business. You can do this with your life, like basically track everything that you do for an entire week. And I do think that you probably need to do it more than just a few days because I went through this process with you, Emily, recently where we met once and we kind of talked about all the stuff that I do in my business. And then I was like, oh, wait, I kept remembering things. And I'm sure that's pretty common, right? Like you just forget about those little details. And if you give it a little bit more time, they pop into your head. You're like, oh, that's right. I do that too. So you do need a couple, at least a couple days to go through this process. Yes, I remember you emailing me after our first meeting with for the organizational strategy. I remember you emailing me like a list of more things that that came up that you forgot. And I think that's that's exactly it, right? And that's why I think it can also be helpful if you do it maybe a couple times, do it a couple months apart. Just kind of depends like how committed you are to it. I know I for myself, I had a lot of resistance to it when I first, you know, tried it a few years ago and I think I'm really glad I put kind of pushed through that and gave it a chance because it's really how it's really helped. And now I'm at this place of like, I feel like I've achieved it in terms of working mostly in my zone of genius. Because when we think about that pyramid, I like to flip it. So the why the zone of genius is like the top of the pyramid is where you should be spending the most amount of your time. So if you think about an upside down triangle where now zone of genius is the biggest part of the, of the pyramid, and then you should be spending obviously the least amount of time in incompetence. There's always stuff that comes up that we have to deal with, but, and I don't think it has to be a hundred percent, but if you can shoot for about 80% in your zone of genius, it's amazing. It is amazing. And I can really testify to it now too, because for a while I was like, I thought it would be true, but I wasn't a hundred percent because I hadn't, I hadn't really experienced it. And this year, this was my year to, to really outsource that way. I love that. I love that you're like truly experiencing it so that when you talk about it, like you are now, you are coming from a really authentic place and you're like, yes, this is really cool and awesome to be in this spot. So 80%, I think a lot of people would hear that number and be like, oh my gosh, Emily, I'm nowhere near that. (laughs) So what do you have to say to them? Like any encouragement for them? I think it's that that outsourcing is not a quick fix for anything. It's, there's no flash in the pan solution. It, It is going to be a journey to get it right. And there might be some false starts. There might be, you know, there could be a bad fit, but I think with all, with all risk, it's, it's worth it. You know, like it's just that balance of risk and benefit. And so that, that is my encouraging piece that just to take it one step at a time and try 
trying different things. I think it's the only way. I think it's the only way to learn and grow in our businesses is to try something and learn from it. Yeah. Experimentation is huge, right? Yeah. So since I talked to you last, so you helped me go through kind of an organizational strategy. Is that what you call it? Organizational (laughs) charting, whatever. Um, It was so helpful. And since we talked, I remember telling you in our meeting that like there are these few little tasks that I just don't like doing. I don't know. Like they just drain me. They bring me down every time they come up. And since then, so we've experienced like family distress on the medical realm. Like my husband had this crazy thing happen on vacation. And because of that, I just started dropping those things off. I was like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I just didn't do these things anymore. So there are a handful of them that I just stopped doing. And guess what? The world kept turning. I am no longer feeling drained. And I found out weeks later now that I didn't even really need to do those tasks. So I've started replacing those draining tasks with things that actually are like fulfilling. And social media is my example that I'm kind of thinking about right now. So I had these two posts that I did every week on my podcast side that I was like, oh, every time I went to schedule them, it was just so hard for me. I stopped doing those and now I'm replacing them with inspiration that kind of comes to me on any given week. And I'm not putting pressure on myself. Like you have to have something up on Tuesday and Friday. It's not like that anymore. And those inspiring posts, I really enjoy doing. And they're creating much more engagement. They're much more sincere. They're coming from an authentic place. So it's amazing what can happen and what can fill the space when you just experiment and stop doing those things that you're like, about. (laughs) Yes. I love that too. I love that. It doesn't have to be all outsourced. It can be, you just don't, we can delete things from. Right. Right. Because I think we do fall into that trap of thinking this job has to continue and I don't want to do it. So the only other solution is to outsource it. But how about like experiment with just not doing it unless it's like a vital piece of your business, obviously. Um, just not doing it and seeing what happens. And that's what I did. And I am so glad I did that because it was not worth the energy that I was spending and all of that time like dreading it. And then it would take me much longer to do it because I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't want to outsource it because probably deep down I knew that it wasn't actually needed. I don't know. It was just like this crazy cycle that I got into. Yeah, I just think that is so brilliant. I love that example. Actually, like not super brilliant on my end. I just was like, I need to get this (laughs) off my plate. (laughs) Right. It's too bad. Like it was a, it was forced upon you to make the change. But at the same time, I feel like you can bring that forward with you now. Like you get to bring that lesson forward with you forevermore. You're going to remember that one. (laughs) Like what other things can you remove and, like you said, experiment with that, that could also change. And that will help me in the future to not be afraid of that. Because I've seen like, not only was it great to get rid of it, but I replaced it with something that was beneficial for me and my audience. So I have that in my mind now. So now I'm like, ooh, what else can I drop off my list and replace with something else? (laughs) Something better. Um, I know you have some misconceptions 
with all of this. What are those? Can you talk us through those? So I'm so excited to talk about these misconceptions because they are things that I I kind of fell into as traps. And I think the first one is that that your zone of genius is one thing. And I think this comes from the phrase zone of genius because it's zone. That's like we think one thing, but I think it's more multifaceted than that. I mean, think about your home life versus your professional life. You're going to have different zones of genius within that, but even within your business. I mean, if you're thinking like, food blogging is my zone of genius. I think that's being too, it's being too broad because even though like you love food blogging and that's, you know, that's what you you're into. And like, that is your zone of genius on a level. It's part of it, but then you have to like get more specific and think about all the things that food blogging involves. Like we've been talking about, even with the podcast, Megan, Um, you know, you're not going to have zone of genius in all things podcasting or all things food blogging. And so I think, again, that's where we think it's one thing. Like I even used to think for me, my zone of genius was hiring. And I used to say that, and it is true. That is part of it, but it's not, I'm not zone of genius in all elements of everything about hiring. So it's more like breaking it down and taking those kind of broad jobs and breaking them down into really small tasks like you do when you go through your week. If you log everything you do in food blogging for a week, you're going to have like, oh my gosh, a list of probably a hundred things. So that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. And when I think about hiring for me and outsourcing, if I only considered that my zone of genius, I'd be missing out on the fact like how much I love speaking, how much I love uh, creating presentations, things like that. There are other things that are still like in my professional realm, but they aren't directly like the actual hiring process, recruiting, creating organizational strategies, stuff like that. For example, like I don't love scheduling meetings, (laughs) (laughs) every email that comes in. And so that's where, you know, there's going to be elements in anything. Are there any other misconceptions that you wanted to address? Yeah. The other one that comes to mind is that it never changes. Like, and, and I think this goes back to, there's a psychologist that I can't, her name is escaping me right now, but she talks about growth versus fixed mindset and a fixed mindset says, like it never changes, like you are who you are and that's it. But really I think zone of genius is much more flexible than that. And I think it grows with us. And this is where I think writing versus speaking for me is a great example of this. So 10 years ago, I I could never have pictured being interviewed right now or, you know, showing up and delivering a conference presentation. I was like terrified. I was in the corporate world then. I was terrified to speak in meetings. So like for me to make this change and be like zone of speaking is in my zone of genius is such a huge shift to me because at that time, you know, writing has always, I think when I look back, it's always been an excellence, but I think sometimes I thought it was more genius, but it's always been a draining task for me. And that's where I'm a really good writer. Um, You know, I get a lot of recognition for my writing, but, but it doesn't light me up the way speaking does the way making a presentation, like answering questions, that kind of stuff just makes me come alive in a different way. And so I think the same is true with food blogging as well. Like, you know, whichever the business focus is, it can, like, it can evolve over time what you love, what you love, (laughs) what's draining, you know. 
maybe photography was really fun when you were learning it, but now it's like boring and it doesn't feel, it doesn't make you come alive anymore. And, you know, so it's time to get more help with that. You know, that's, that's an example of how it can change over time in food blogging as well. And I think it's very common for it to evolve. I think it would be more on the uncommon side for it not to evolve because there are so many different pieces of food blogging. I think just naturally you get into maybe one piece and you really like it and then move on to another. That has totally happened with me. I used to love photography. I honestly like do not care about photography at all anymore. And it's like, yeah, like speaking too with me, I love speaking and talking to people. And I was like you, Emily, back in the corporate days of my life, I avoided it at all costs. I hated it. And now to think of that, I'm like, whoa, that's so weird. I come alive when I do it now. So it is interesting. And how often do you recommend that we reevaluate that? Do we do that yearly or less or what? Yeah, I'd say yearly, every one to two years, I think it's good to check back in on those things, like checking back in on your values, because things just change over time. So yeah, I'd say about every one to two years. Okay, that makes sense to me. So we talked about this a little bit earlier about how to distinguish between excellence and genius, but do you have any other ways to really nail what our genius zones are? Yeah, I have come up with also, I've come up with a model. Do you remember Venn diagrams? Oh, totally. Yeah. High school math class where it's the two circles that overlap. Um, So I think of it as three circles that overlap. And in the middle of those three circles, that is most likely where your zone of genius is coming out. And I have a few quizzes that I recommend that, that we can walk through. So circle number one is your personality and your strengths. And this is what I love about this area is that it's pretty stable over time. The psychology research indicates that these things, they can change a little bit, but you're not likely to switch from, you know, one personality spectrum to the completely other side over the course of your life. It's you're pretty stable on these these two dimensions. The other thing I love about strengths and the one I recommend for strengths is Clifton Strengths Finder. It's it, they do charge a bit of a fee to take their test, but the results are so, so good. And their research is saying that we should stop trying to improve our weaknesses and build upon our strengths and then build your team so that, you know, and then I'm saying build your team so you can complement each other in that. But you have to be aware of these things so that you can can apply them. And I think it helps us discover our jo- zone of genius as well. Oh, I love what you just said about stop improving on your weaknesses and instead focus on your strengths. And that kind of goes with like parenting and how to just manage relationships in general, right? Like you focus on what's being done right instead of what's being done wrong. So I I love that concept. I mean, as a parent who uh, has some sometimes difficult, you know, parental <laughs> situations, it's very tempting to be like, why are you doing that? That's wrong. And having to reframe that in my mind and turn it into, oh, you did this really well. Nice work. You know, it's kind of that same concept. So I love that. 
Um, Okay, so what are the other circles? Yeah, so the second circle is your skills and experience. So this is kind of like what I was talking about with speaking, where 10 years ago, I wouldn't have put speaking in my skill and experience. But now I have so much experience speaking that it's definitely, you know, part of part of that. Um, And I think also, I I kind of think about this on like two dimensions. One is like the level of the skill and then also the level of the joy. And so when you're looking at like your time tracking activity, if you're not sure where one falls, it can be helpful helpful to think about these two two, um, dimensions because it can help you discern where it lies. So if you are getting a lot of joy and you have a lot of experience in something, that's more likely zone of genius. I love just visual things like this where I can write out circles on my piece of paper and kind of write my strengths and skills in. What falls into that third circle? Okay, so the third one is passions and interests. And this is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite, I think, because I think actually this is the area that in of the three circles, I think it is the most variable. You know, interests they can fluctuate, you know, weekly, monthly, <laughs> yearly as well. I think there's more more variety to the passion and the interest piece. But I also think they're honed over time too. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Can you give us some examples? Like what are you feeling like really passionate about with your job? Okay. Job postings. I am crazy passionate about job postings because there are so many bad job postings. And I hate using the word bad, but they're vague. They're expecting way too much from one person. And so, like, I am like on a renewed mission, I feel like, in the last few weeks, last few months to really like improve the job postings, like in the industry. And I'm not just talking food blogging either. I'm talking like all of digital business. Like when you go on Upwork, the freelancers are so frustrated because it's, there's just garbage posted out there. But then when they see my job posting, they know, like they know, I know what I'm doing. They know this client, you know, whether I'm recruiting for someone else or myself, they know, you know, they know my client has it together because they're using my job posting formula. So I, and I know we've talked about the job posting stuff in previous episodes, but so, you know, I think that's definitely one to go listen to the last couple we, we touched on it in both of them, but that's, yeah, I can't get enough of it. I can't stop talking. I love that. Passion, right? Like, what are the things like you can't stop learning about? You can't, you can't stop telling people about. Mm, I love that. I think that's so important to really dig into that. And it might be something really clear, like yours, like job postings is very specific, very clear. So yeah, like thinking about what are the things when people ask you about your business or like, hey, how's work going? What are those things you go to that you just can't stop talking about? And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I've been speaking for like 15 minutes straight. It's those things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and recently I thought, am I crazy for not starting a food blog? Like, I love food, but then I realized I have no passion around it. The way I do around job postings, I just don't feel the way about food that I do other things in my life. And so I was like, no, you're not crazy for not having a food blog, Emily. Like, just keep supporting the people who are doing amazing work work out there and you know I get to use the recipes instead so we have these three circles so we evaluate our personality and strengths 
um, our skills and experience and then our passions and interests and then where they kind of meet in the middle, like where there is common ground, then we take those things and we pull those out as our zones of genius. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. exactly. And then everything else we can kind of categorize in other ways. So how do we take all of that information and start outsourcing? Yeah. So I think the first thing is to start looking for some commonalities among the responsibilities because freelancers are specialists and they tend to have more highly specialized skills. So for example, I had a writer recently that I was speaking with and she was talking about how she had a client who was having her schedule her blog posts. And I kept thinking that does not really seem to go together to me. <laughs> like you are a really good blog writer, but you don't necessarily have good WordPress skills. And so I think it's starting to pull out and and this is the work we really did in that organizational strategy session is we looked at all those things and I was able to help you craft each of the roles and look at who's doing what and and what roles you needed to add in order to get these things that you wanted to outsource the most off of your plate. I will tell you that was the most relieving session I've ever had with someone because it was like we were able to clump this like job basically like we created this job that doesn't currently exist and put all of the tasks that I don't love doing in one job. And it was like, oh my gosh, someone else can completely do this for me. So it is a huge relief to evaluate this and just take steps toward getting to this point that Emily's talking about and figuring out what your zones are. Um, So it is totally 100% worthwhile to go through this. It was so great to do that. Thank you, Emily. It was such too. I find it with every client that goes through the organizational strategy process, uh, it gives me so much joy because I feel like I'm taking such a heavy weight for them off of them. And then for me, it's like at the gym, like to me, it's a five pound weight. Like what feels like 50 pounds to my client is like, feels like nothing to me. Like it's fun and easy. And, and it gives me so much joy and fulfillment to be able to do that for other food bloggers. This is why we appreciate and love you because you find passion in these areas and where we truly need your help. So we just thank you. I'm so grateful for you. You fill this gap in this space of ours that is just perfect. I feel like I talk about you all the time, like, oh, Emily Perrin could help you. She has a passion for this. Like you come up all the time. So just thank you, Emily. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I think the other thing that I loved about your session too is that with the org strategies, like you don't have to have me recruit for you. And and we didn't. I, you know, you felt like you could take it from there. And that's that's really my intention with that is that the client is able to go implement now. Like you have you have the roles identified and the job posting mostly mostly done. And so it's just taking it from there and finding the right person. There's this like kind of trap that we fall into, I feel like, with the competence realm because, oh, like you said earlier, I could do this and that that line could apply to like a million different things in my business. I can do it. And I hear this a lot with food bloggers. They say, I need to start outsourcing, but I'm not because I can do it. I can keep doing this. But just because you could or can keep doing it doesn't necessarily mean you should be doing it. So talk to us about that trap. Yeah, I think of it as a trap. 
exactly. It is a trap because there's something, it really takes a mindset shift to get out of it and believing that, believing that you're worth it, believing that you are worth the support, believing that you're ready to take on new things. I think that's one of the things that hold us back is we forget that we can do other things with that time that are more valuable to to our blogs, to our businesses. And, and so it just takes some time. You, I, I think there's that piece where you just have to get to that point where you're willing to let go of some of the control and and noticing just when you notice yourself, like I can do it. Those are the things you should be jotting down so that like when we meet, <laughs> I can take that information and start to craft the roles or you can, you know, like it doesn't have to be me, but, but that those are like those, those kind of those flags. It's anytime you're like, I can do this, that, that is something to get written down. Like that's competence and awareness. So just being aware of that line, if it's going through your head use that as your signal like oh wait a second Emily told me that this is a sign so just be aware of that and see where that could lead you yeah and I just I continue to document things even today I have a good awareness of you know what what's next like what would I want to outsource next because uh, then when you are ready you have it you have this list that you can go through and pull out you know pull out the things that go together that could be a virtual assistant or a writer or a social media manager that they could do uh, I love that idea of just having a document maybe like the potential outsource document that you just can go into at any time it's not a big deal it takes two seconds hop over write a few words and then you know it's jotted down and I I have to point this out. So if you are thinking of outsourcing and you're resisting it, just want to say this because I think it's so relevant here that if you can just start small and outsource some of those things that lie in your incompetence or your competent zones, you by doing that, you are creating space for good things. So remember my example earlier where I I held on to those social media posts for a really long time. I did them forever knowing that I hated them, but then I was forced to give them up. And when I did that, good things came in, like better things. And that wouldn't have happened if I would have kept holding on to them. So that whole concept of like opening up space by getting rid of things is actually allowing good things to come in. Yes, exactly. Yes, I love that. I love that point. This has been amazing. I know you're so passionate about this topic, Emily, and I can feel it. And I know food bloggers are like, yes, Emily, thank you for all of the just encouragement and motivation with this to get going on figuring out what our zones of genius are. Are there any parting words you would like to talk about before we start saying goodbye? I think it's just that remembering that this is a long, like it's a long game with, with outsourcing and with, um, with hiring, with getting help in your business. There's no quick fixes with it. Uh, so I think just keep, I think keeping that perspective in mind and that no one is doing it perfectly. Everyone's making mistakes. And, and my goal is just to help, everyone make, I want to make, I want to help food bloggers make fewer mistakes in this space because, because I have run into so many myself and, and also by specializing and working with food bloggers, I also see, 
I, I can see the commonalities there as well. So you're not alone if you feel like you're messing up or you're too afraid to hand it off. You know, it's, it's that, that piece. Well, we'll put together some show notes for you, Emily. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can find them at eatblogtalk.com forward slash zone of genius. So why don't you remind everyone, Emily, where they can find you online? Yeah, so I my website is emilyperrin.com. I have a blog full of resources over there and there's a mini course. Also ways to work with me as well. It's all at the top of the page. And then uh, I'm also on Instagram at emily.perrin.com love taking questions. So if you have a follow-up question to this episode, definitely send me a DM and I will do my best to answer answer it as well. Thank you again so much for being here, Emily. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Oh, 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 oh